Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to discover all of our previous episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter at irish underscore tech news and on Facebook at facebook.com slash irish tech news. Thanks and enjoy the listening. Hello and welcome to the ITN podcast with me, Gillian Godsell. Today, my guest is Raj Kapoor, whom I met recently. We were sp- both speaking at a, a at a conference in India through the, the, the marvels of modern technology, me from my little place, little village here in Ireland, and Raj from India it's, itself. But uh, I was so fascinated by what Raj was talking about. I'm delighted to have him on the podcast. Raj, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Gillian. It's my pleasure completely, completely. Yeah, no, you were amazing on the podcast, and um, I kept on saying, oh, I must talk to this man again. So you're based in India, doing a lot of things in technology in India, in STEM and in blockchain. But first of all, can you just give me an overview of the uh, the background to where India is at? We know India is a huge nation, huge amount of, of um, like technology going on there, but also there are some impediments and some resistance to cryptocurrencies in particular. But anyway, can you give me a bit of a, 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 lay, a lay, the layout of where India is at at the moment? Okay. Yeah, well, India is right now at the inflection point, I would say. And I'll tell you why. I mean, there's a reason behind it. This is just not a statement I'd like to make. I'd like to give it a substantiated statement. Uh, two things have happened very recently. Uh, first of all, blockchain adoption is now becoming mainstream in India. It wasn't really mainstream two years back. But 2020, 21, we are seeing a lot of projects taking off now. The proof of concept stage is over. Now, actually, I am working with at least 30 to 40 different corporates, telling them how blockchain can revolutionize the way they're actually doing business. They listen. They never used to listen to me first. When I started India Blockchain Alliance about two years back, no one used to listen to me. All these who asked me, should I invest in Bitcoin? I said, oh. There's always that convergence. I said, okay, let's keep that separate. That's the story for another day. I'll keep this separate. Anyways, also what happened in Jan 2020, India's government think tank called the Niti Aayog, N-I-T-I Aayog. That's the government think tank. It advises uh, the government on policy, strategy, etc. Took out a white paper called the National Blockchain Roadmap Strategy. It was a strategy document, basically. It's not any roadmap as such. It's a strategy document advising the, the, the government. And that happened in Jan 2020, just before the pandemic. They said that it's, it is a two-part uh, paper, but the first part came out only. Second should come out anytime. It told the government, okay, we need to adopt blockchain at the top level, at the central level, where the government actually becomes the guys, who, the people who actually implement it so that there is, and, and they called it, by the way, they called it a frontier technology, a frontier technology, a technology that has not just makes it ease of business or makes workflows easier, but ha- can have a very positive social economic impact as well. Uh, with that being said, the government started doing a lot of projects, uh, let's say uh, small projects, uh, proof of concept, etc., pilot projects, what we call them here, to implement blockchain. And now, there are more than 90 such projects going on in different different states. Now, you said one thing very correctly. India is a very huge country. It's got 28 states and union territories. It's like 28 different countries. It's completely another. It's a different kettle of fish in one state here and in the north. Another one down south will have completely different. Also, we speak more than a thousand languages in the, in the, in the country. More than a thousand languages. 
Yeah, and languages and their versions of it. Yes. Yeah. So I a did lot not of, know that. Yeah, well, now you know it. It's sixteen hundred plus, but let's who's counting now? We don't speak so many anyway. Still, uh, we have to learn not only the language to some extent, but even the cultural sensitivity in each of the places when we talk about anything, whether it's technology, whether it's about people, anything. So when we create a strategy in India, its strategy is not just for India, it's for each and every little state. I call them the blocks. India's blockchain starts from the hinterland, all the little states, they are the little blocks. And that's how blockchain has now been. So we have got a lot of blockchain projects going on in most of these states now. And uh, each of them, most of them in the governance space, in the land registry space, e-governance, things like that, which are easier to adopt first and then try the proof of concept. Uh, some of them have been trying voting. Also, the election commission recently said, let's put the voting on the blockchain. But that's a big if. We don't know how that will work and how that will pan out. Most governments probably are not very comfortable putting blockchain, you know, on the blockchain, but still, let's see. Let's see. They're, they're toying with it. So let's hope it becomes reality. So India now is at the cusp of a huge blockchain boom, actually. Uh, we have a lot of international companies expressing interest to come into India. I'm working with at least 30, 35 of those, bringing in their, bringing their solutions around blockchain or with blockchain by their platforms, their technologies at different levels, the private sector, as well as the public sector. Also, what has really picked up now is the education part of it. And that's very important. I believe that any base is to be, it can be only made strong, can be strengthened with very strong fundamentals and education is the biggest pillar of them all. Without education, you can, you know, you grope your way and get some things done, yes, but education gives you a clear focus. And that's what we've been really focusing on. And for that, what we're doing is a lot of capacity building. We're doing a lot of capacity building at universities and college levels where we get, we set up uh, what we call them centers of excellence uh, in around blockchain. And we work with the kids, we train them, we educate them, we have programs, we have specialty programs for them in blockchain. So we have blockchain in manufacturing, we have blockchain in marketing, social e-commerce, we have blockchain in, in the supply chain, we have blockchain in logistics, you name it, it's we yeah. got, got the domain covered. Okay, so we're, we're going to go and talk about education later on too as well and the whole STEM issue. But uh, can I just go backwards? So the, the lay of the land, right? So that's interesting that the government brought out the blockchain paper in January 2020, which is a year ago now. It doesn't seem like it, but it's a year ago. Um, but also, and I know this is not uh, necessarily germane to our conversation, but how does the Indian government perceive cryptocurrencies? There's been a bit of a Yes. Push back against yes. that. Can you just differentiate yes. a bit about what the reaction is there in the country? Yeah, yeah, very good question, actually. And everybody asks us this question. And yes, it's a relevant question as well. Now, two things, which I, and this is my opinion. Okay. A, the government is unsure. It's, it's, it's something new. It's like somebody saying, I'm wearing my watch on my left hand. Now start wearing it in the right hand. There's a change. Everybody's reluctant to change. Even if it's a small change, this comes as a big yeah. suddenly it's just burst into the screen. Everybody's talking about Bitcoin. There are millions of users in India who traded Bitcoin, even now. So the government decides, yes, uh, initially the central bank or the reserve bank had banned mm. trading of cryptocurrency. Uh, then the Supreme Court overturned it. Now that was a big significant move. They overturned it and said, yeah, you can trade. However, the problem is that we do not have a framework. We don't have, we don't have standards or SOPs in place right now. So what the government is doing right now is 
figuring out how to get these frameworks in place because there has to be some framework. Recently, there was news that they will tax cryptocurrencies. They see, they saw the volume, there's $5 billion worth of trade going on in India. Let's tap 20% of that. 18% is the standard rate here. That's almost a billion dollars coming into the economy just like that. Now, that's one of the things they're toying around with. Although there are, there are, there are two sides of every story. We have a lot of people who say, hell with it. Who the hell wants to tax this? You're not taxing gold. You're not taxing the stock markets. Why are you, why are you stocking these assets? And there's the other side, which says, no, we need to have this. So there are a lot of stories. So they are bringing in legislation very soon. It has been, we expect it to come up maybe in March, at least the first salvo, so to speak. It was to come up in the parliamentary session in winter recently, that is in December. However, they did not have a parliamentary session this year. Multiple reasons. COVID was cited as the main reason, but uh, there are other reasons, all political. Let's not get into the politics of it, but it's going to be taken up. There is a committee sitting on it, trying to figure out the frameworks. They've taken suggestions from people like us as well. We've given our suggestions. Let's see how it goes. Uh, that's one. Second thing, and which is a very significant move, there is a, a UK-based company. It's called Kasha, C-A-S-H-A-A-A, Kasha. Kasha has entered India and is setting up physical, and that's a big thing, physical crypto banks. Now, the first one has already opened in India, and they have a target of opening 34 in the first year and about 100 by end of year two. Now, this can only be possible if the government is actually not looking at banning cryptos. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given them the permission. That's the first indicator. I would call it an indicator. I would not say anything else at this point of time. It's an indicator. And the second indicator is in early 2020, just when the pandemic had just begun, we had a very large multi-billion dollar deal in India, which took place when Facebook bought a huge stake in one of the largest mobile operators in India called Reliance Geo. Reliance Geo has the largest network subscribers in the country, several millions. Now, there was a reason for that again. They were sitting on the fence for quite some time, Facebook, but when they said, when Reliance came up with their strategy and they, they gave away almost free phones to everybody to get them hooked in, and then it, was, it was a big success. It is a huge country, everybody, everybody wants a free lunch. So when they had this, uh, Facebook has a clear strategy of bringing in Libra, their currency. And this was the best way to introduce it to Indian markets because they want everything on their market space to be on, uh, to have Libra trading. So they're putting up their own crypto wallets, et cetera, et cetera. They're also hiring big time in India on the blockchain front. So these two are indications that it's going to be there. It may take its own sweet time, but okay. it's there. So, which brings me to the question then about yourself, Raj. The reason why we have you on this podcast and why I was so impressed with you at that talk in the Stanley um, College in India last week, a week before. So tell me just a bit about your background and how come you're so tuned into blockchain and STEM. Just tell me just a bit about where you come from. Okay. See, as I told you, I, I don't come from a technical background myself, like Craig. I don't come from a technical background. That keeps me not limited to learning anything I feel like. I feel like anything which excites me, I learn that. I'll cut the long story short. It's a long story. I was, uh, I, I always enjoyed tinkering, and that's how my India STEM Alliance came about. Let's come back to that later. But uh, during the, about eight or nine years back, uh, I started getting fascinated by the bitcoins. The bitcoins. How are people trading? What is this consensus mechanism? 
how do people without knowing each other, I mean, it just fascinated me. I was intrigued. And in this case, curiosity did not kill the cat. Curiosity made the cat a little sharper and made it a cheetah, I would say rather. So I became one of the earliest guys who actually started understanding blockchain as a technology, especially in my country. Of course, there were many others in other countries. They were doing some great work. I got a great mentor uh, who always told me one thing that guys, this is going to be a technology of the future. I listened to him. I said, all right, let's see, forget if it's a technology of the future, no, no, I'll make some money in it maybe. So initially the fascination was to make some money. Bitcoins were looking at it, I felt this is great. I was intrigued also how another currency can parallel the fiat currency. That was fascinating. Then it led me to actually getting to understand the technology, the underpinning technology. And that's where I got fascinated because I felt then, yes, this can be applied the same concept of trust, transfer, immutability can actually be applied to corporates, to businesses. And that's when I started getting a deep dive into that. I learned, I, I worked on Hyperledger, I worked on, I, I worked on uh, Ethereum, I'm working, I still work, although I don't have a technical background. But the passion kept on propelling me forward. I enjoyed that. And then I said, why don't I bring this to our, my nation? Our nation needs a technology that is going to be socially and economically great for it. And that's when I started India Blockchain Alliance. My primary idea is a not-for-profit. Our primary idea is to educate, to evangelize, and to help people understand the real value of the technology, not Bitcoin. Brilliant. So you're the founder, as you said, in 2019 of the India Blockchain Alliance. Yes. What does that do? India Blockchain Alliance, we work with on three different platforms. First is capacity building with students. We teach, we mentor, we connect them with mentors from outside the country as well. Uh, we do a lot of work in terms of getting them to work on live projects so they get their hands nice and dirty and they say, all right, that's how it's working. That's what, we do a lot of work there. We work now with more than three to 350 different colleges and private universities within the country, which is a lot in two years time. A lot of, that means also the interest is there. Second, we work with corporates. Corporates also in India follow the legacy systems, basically. A lot of them follow legacy systems. You may have a couple of multinationals which don't, which are really up to speed all the time. But most Indian corporates and businesses are legacy businesses. So we actually work with them to evangelize with them why they should adopt blockchain. Because a lot of them think once we use oh, blockchain means I have to discard everything else. No. So we evangelize, we consult we work on projects with them. Projects, we work with our alliance partners as such. And uh, I lead the, the teams basically on trying to see what projects fit in. We also work with a couple of governments on informing them, advising them on how blockchain can actually make that difference. Making it simple first. For example, with one of the governments, we worked on a platform for putting you know, all their property taxes on the blockchain. For another one, uh, we are doing a lot of work in putting the birth certificates on death certificates on the blockchain. Simple, simple processes, but that's a good start always. And a lot of them, their land registry. Land is a very gray area in most countries and especially in countries which are developing because there isn't, there are no titleship deeds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are putting all that on the blockchain. Uh, putting agriculture produce on the blockchain. India is a largely agrarian country. And we believe that putting a lot of these processes, like especially the supply chain, and that's my one of our specialities is the supply chain, where we advise them how they can actually put the supply chain in order on the blockchain 
for better transparency, efficiency, etc. So that's where we've been doing. That's the second. So first silo with students, the second silo with corporates and projects. And the third silo is we do a lot of work in mentoring uh, as, and for helping international companies fund Indian startups like that. That works well for us because we have great talent in India, but we don't meet, meet, people don't really fund them. Blockchain is relatively new. So we have core companies which work on this space. So we guide them, work with them, right? Whether they are entrepreneurs or young startups and take them forward. And finally, I'll put it as my fourth pillar. My fourth pillar is the corporate social responsibility, which we actually undertake. We do a lot of social impact work, what we call blockchain for good. So one of the initiatives that, that is with uh, Dragon Chain, as, I, as you know, Trey, very well now, that is Global Blockchain Women Alliance. That's the alliance we are putting together. And we are launching it officially in, um, in, in, in Feb. However, we have already got about, training about 1,700 girls under this project right now, which is a lot of girls in India. That's fun. Also, we are, we are creating a, another system where we're going to get education, part of the education on the blockchain, where we're going to have these kids as the, you know, what happens in India, these kids, they don't study because their parents tell them go take a, get a job or beg on the streets and get some money or whatever. These are things which kids don't like to do, but they're forced to do. So as a result, they drop out of school and they don't go to school. So what we're doing is telling the parents, listen, guys, you send them to school, put up a system on the blockchain. And whenever they get certain marks, certain tests, or they pass a grade, they get tokens. And in exchange of the tokens, they get better higher, uh, money, money towards higher education, et cetera. So that's the sort of things we're trying to do. Wow. Uh, so that's a, that, uh, we believe in that. We believe that blockchain can actually create that. So that's mm-hmm. transparency for everybody. And everybody's happy. Parents are happy. Kids are happy. Makes for a better nation. Well, it's brilliant also because uh, that brings me on nicely to the other organization, which you founded 10 years ago which is yeah. the India STEM Alliance. Um, now, this all dovetails very nicely, but this is for 10 years. Tell me a little bit about the background for um, STEM education and women yeah. and girls in uh, India. Yeah. yeah, we have a program in India. It's called STEM Sakhi. Sakhi means friend, STEM is STEM, of course. Uh, we wanted, Sakhi is girlfriend, not just a friend, it's a girlfriend. So we wanted to do something for the girl child at a very much earlier in life. And I've told you the background why. Uh, do you, can you repeat that for our listeners here? We've been sure, privy I'll, to it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, I, I have a daughter. Uh, so our daughter had a fairly privileged life. She had all the compass uh, in an urban lifestyle. She had the right to choose whatever she wanted to do, whatever careers she wanted to pursue, whatever subjects she wanted to take. She had no restrictions. She was not told, okay, now you've finished your grade six or seven, now come in the house and learn to cook, chop, clean, wash. No, she lived a privileged life, she had a decent lifestyle. Uh, the day it sparked it off was when both of us, we do a lot of community service together. I used to take her every weekend to do community service for the underprivileged, where we used to teach them how to read, write, mathematics, etc. So uh, it started off there and I said, these are underprivileged girls living in city, in our cities. So you can imagine what will happen in rural India. So that's how about 10 years back, uh, my daughter had of course gone to the United States by then. And uh, I said, I must have looked forward to another reason to interact with them, not just because I was my daughter. That's when I started India STEM Alliance. And I started doing a lot of work, uh, especially with girls, getting them into, uh, making them understand STEM as an interdisciplinary program rather than 
science, mathematics, what we learn in school anyway. So I got them to do a lot of hands-on learning. I was myself, uh, I learned that myself from a couple of people. I, I was from a lot of my friends in the United States. I understood STEM nicely. I brought that. In fact, uh, apart from that, uh, we also work with about two and a half, three thousand schools in India, giving them STEM curriculum, giving them STEM projects, training them. But the STEM for girls or the STEM Saki program is a program which is very close to our heart. And that's how the Global Blockchain Women Alliance also came up because I said, let's, we can do it in STEM. Let's do it for the women in blockchain as well. Wow. So we, yeah, that's what we do. And in this program, we have about 3,000 girls uh, who are studying and they're completely, uh, the entire monies which come for this, it comes through our for-profit organization. 75% of that we put back into the education for girls. So we all retain just 25%. We are happy. We've got everything in life. We want to try and give back something while we are there when we can do it. And it's amazing because in uh, the developed world, there is a problem with STEM with women. We know women fall away, the leaky pipe and all the rest of it. But obviously, as you say, in India, as an emerging uh, country, especially in rural areas, children, women, young women are told to cook and clean. And, and they're seen as a liability, yeah. as you said earlier, as opposed to because they have to, the family have to pay for them to get married. It's 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 yeah, it's still it's a learning curve. So amazing. So Raj, two final questions. One is, uh, how do you describe yourself? I describe as myself as a very passionate non-techno geek. <laughs> and if people want to find you and find out more about what you're doing and the work you're doing in India, how will they find you? Well, we have a website, uh, www.indiablockchainalliance.org. You can get in there. You can go to our LinkedIn page. We have a LinkedIn page of on the India Blockchain Alliance. We have a Facebook page. Also, more, we are more active on LinkedIn because that's a more serious subject. Uh, we enjoy that. Uh, I don't. I, I I love technology, but I'm not on Twitter myself or Facebook myself. My, my, uh, we have a team which manages that. But I'm on LinkedIn. All right, you can get me on LinkedIn as Raj Kapoor, or you can get it through get in through my website. I have my profile there. You can click on it. It leads to my LinkedIn page. Get in touch with me anytime. No problem. Happy well, to help. Anytime. Thank you so much for your time today, your overview of what's happening in India and the work that you're doing. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julian. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. You can sign up for more via our email digest, which does a weekly summary of all our podcasts, or you can follow us on your preferred podcasting platform of choice or follow us on Twitter, Irish underscore tech news or Facebook or LinkedIn or the, or the website irishtechnews.ie. Uh, we will bring you more soon and thanks for listening.